0: So I was just somebody already clipped the, uh, the booby, the tita. Uh. Oh, and we're recording. This was a hell of a rip, freaks. Roller coaster, lawn mowers, power washers, eth talk, demonic humiliation ritual talk. I've got to go mow a lawn. Uh, my neighbor started mowing the lawn during this rip, and uh, I had to stop him and say, "Hey, sir, I'm recording here. I will mow the lawn for you when." I'm done recording. So I got to record these ads and go and mow the lawn right there. So just doing hard work on a Thursday. Pod doesn't sleep. The lawn doesn't sleep. We're out here enjoying life to the best of our abilities because there's just like an ever impending demonic state that hates you. You'll you'll get the gist of it in the episode. This trip was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. I have to make a, a clarity, a clarification, I had to bring clarity to the ad read around Unchained and this drain the exchange campaign. We're draining the exchanges, number one. All right, if you have Bitcoin on an exchange uh, that is completely in control of your Bitcoin, you're doing it wrong. Unchained Capital has a two or three multi sig vault that allows you to hold two keys. Unchained holds one, but you will have full control of your Bitcoin. You have access to your Bitcoin. You have keys that hold your Bitcoin so that you know that it's not being rehypothecated, that you actually own it and that you control it. You drain the exchange, the centralized exchange, and you move your Bitcoin into a two or three multi sig vault. They have their concierge service uh, that will walk you through that process, get you the hardware wallets, get you comfortable with multi sig, take you through the whole shebang. Okay. They're offering this for $250. They're waiving the $1,000 rebate. I don't know if it's rebate, but waiving the $1,000 part of it. $250, you'll get a consultation and the concierge service, they'll get you the hardware well, set everything up, they'll get you comfortable. If you use the code TFTC, you get $50 off of that, that service. They're also offering this $250 fee for the IRA. With the IRA, though, you do have the setup fee, still included. That's where I messed up last week. But if you use the code TFTC and you want to transition your IRA to a Bitcoin IRA in which you hold the keys, uh, that $250 gets dropped down to $200. You get $50 off. Use the code TFTC. Go to unchained.com slash concierge to check it all out. I'm a happy customer. Use their vault. Use their lending platform. It's a beautiful thing. It also worked right down the hall for me too at the Bitcoin comments. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Unchained.com slash concierge. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Brains.
1: Brains.
0: Slush pool. Less than two weeks is becoming a Brains pool. Uh, brains is here to bring you firmware, a mining pool, insights books blogs swag if you're a miner you should be familiar with brains and all their products particularly brains os plus firmware which allows you to stack more sats with your asics okay if you're running an asic that is compatible with brains os plus firmware and you're not running it you're leaving sats on the table it's as simple as that okay make sure that you have an asic that is compatible with bos plus that you download it it's going to make your machine more efficient it's going to produce more hashes. It's going to extend the lifetime of it. Uh, don't leave sats on the table. Don't be an idiot. It's as simple as that. If you use Brains, and you, Brains OS Plus firmware, and you point your hash at the soon-to-be Brains pool, you're going to get 0% pool fees. Go check out all this at Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Uh, it's all there. B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. This was also brought to you by our good friends. we got the feds over us. It's big big helicopter uh mo seek mo i just had something there that I was gonna i'm not gonna say ammo seek.com all right this is the place to go if you're looking to buy ammo looking to uh get all the gear that you need for uh your self-protection needs go to ammo seek.com set up an account i have not been saying this so you can set up an account on Ammo seek they don't sell anything there's simply a an aggregator of the best pricing uh, for all your gun needs, whether it be bullets, particular caliber, particular make, uh, the cartridges, all that stuff. Uh, AmmoSeek.com, sign up. You can use a burner email. Tell them the RHR sent you. Um, and what you can do, if you sign up, you can set alerts, uh, and you'll be notified. They're checking 24-7. 365 for the best deals across all the ammo dealers on the internet. And so what you get with ammo Seek is one central location where you can set uh, alarms, targets, look at best pricing, uh, cross-reference across many different, deal- different dealers and get the best deal at the end of the day. Go to seek.com to check all this out. Very intense filtering. Uh, you don't have to go hopping from website to website. MOSeq does that for you, home that RHR sent you if you sign up for an account. This report was also brought to you by good friends at Upstream Data. Upstream Data is here to take care of all of your mining needs, whether you're an at-home miner or somebody who's mining upstream on the oil and gas well pad. All right, At-home, they have their black box. They have their small two-miner black box, and they just created, uh, I believe, a 40-kilowatt black box as well which should be able to hold somewhere around like 10 miners i believe it's pretty pretty expensive. um what the black box does you take your asics uh you put them in the box you shut the box and it completely not completely but it significantly reduces the sound asics make a lot of sound they've been known to uh ruin marriages uh ruin people's relationship with their hoa authority and the a is authority their hoa Uh, so what you want to do is put in the black box, takes care of the sound, takes care of the heat, uh, and allows you to mine at home in a very discreet fashion. Uh, they are selling black boxes with a 5% discount. If you use the code freaks, go to shop.upstreamdata.ca to check that out. They also sell bundles. They can get you ASIC. So if you want to buy your black box and your your ASIC at the same spot, go to shop.upstreamdata.ca, get the bundle again. Uh, they have their hash huts as well. I'm a happy hash hut owner. I have a 50 kilowatt hash shot that's been running flawlessly since I plugged it in. No downtime outside of oil changes. Uh, they also make 180 kilowatt hash huts, 900 kilowatt hash huts. So uh, for all shapes and sizes, uh, if you're using natural gas to mine, if you're on a small stranded well, or if you're on a well that's just being IP'd, they have the infrastructure for you to get you data centers. Generators, miners—they can take care of it. If you're one of those greedy oil men looking to rotate some profits into another endeavor, go check out Upstream Data. It's a good time to diversify into Bitcoin mining. Uh, ASICs are relatively cheap compared to where they were earlier this year. Last but not least, this it was brought to you by good friends at Huddle Huddle. Huddle Huddle is here to bring you a lending platform that's peer-to-peer, no KYC, no AML, allows you to hold a key. In the escrow account. So what you do is you put your Bitcoin up as as, uh, as collateral in a two or three multi sig escrow account. You hold one key. Your counterparty in the loan holds another key. And Hada Hada holds the third key. Since you have possession of one key, you have visibility into the escrow account. And you know that those Sats aren't moving and being rehypothecated. So you know that at the end of the day, if you're paying back your loan, you're going to get your Sats back. Bitcoin is collateral. You get stable coins. In return, pay back the loan plus the interest, you get your stats back. It's as simple as that. No KYC, no AML, peer to peer. Lend.hodlhodl.com. Enjoy this, Rip Freaks. I'm going to go with the lawn.
2: Okay.
1: You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts.
2: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency,
1: Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. You probably, should be. You probably should be. Take some personal responsibility over your own actions, Marty.
0: Wait, no, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to dox the, the internal TFTC. Chat, but you were delayed 15 minutes and we could have caught block 750,000. But a couple of blocks have been produced since then. Oh, I
1: thought I thought you were talking about the neighbor power washing in the background and trying to blame it on me
0: being oh. 15
2: minutes late.
0: No, that that's he was going to do that whether or not you were on time. <laughs> 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 but you can't, uh, actually, only one block's been produced since block 750,000.
1: Yeah, so we can just pretend that's not the case. Maybe I'll get reorged. Oh, that would be interesting. If I'm you're a re-work. miner and you're listening, can you reorg just so that Marty gets the right block number?
0: Yeah, reorg back to block 750,000 so we go to Clark's dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, a lot of reorg talk today. Ari, uh, I'm sure. Did he block you or you blocked? You don't block. So he, he blocked
1: me like three years ago. What
0: did he say today? Yeah. Uh He's back on his mining bullshit. Like, nice. So,
1: uh, we'll get into it. But, I'm like torn. I'm pretty torn about it because honestly, first of all, it's like the most perfect timeline possible that all of this is happening when like the ETH community has has basically forced themselves into this position where they have to move forward with the merge. Um, and like a lot of this shit, like conclusions should have been drawn years ago. A lot of this stuff was really obvious. And now there's just like all this panic and arguments and everything happening in the lead up to it and it's really beautiful and i I feel like worst case scenario would be them calling off the proof of stake merge somehow so part of me just is like in zen let them do what they want to do and let's have a learning experience afterwards and in the meantime if you're not holding any eth uh <laughs> you should be completely fine so uh that's kind of my my current feeling on that front so if ari wants to Tweet out bullshit. Uh, let him. Yeah, we're gonna let him. I
0: muted him. I didn't block him. So I just, I just. How are some, you not blocked yet? Because I stopped interacting with him years ago. Because he was just
1: I mean, two. this was three years ago or something like that. It was a mining death spiral argument that got me blocked. Yeah. Which, by the way, never happened. Never happened. Never will happen
0: because the difficulty adjustment exists. And. People really need to get that through their heads. Every 2016 blocks of difficulty adjust, uh, thus making uh, Bitcoin profitable again for miners who have a certain electricity, all in production costs. So, uh, yeah, I've been getting a lot of joy. And I don't want to say joy. It is funny. It's like you're seeing your ugly step-cousin get beat up in public for the first time. It's like, ooh, it's hard to watch, but it's also like, hey, I fucking told you not to touch the stove. I mean, you and I have been covering this for years, not only on Twitter, on the show, but just behind the scenes. we uh, been <laughs> saying uh, you should design your protocol and your distributed system with the intention of getting attacked by the state at some point in the future. And Ethereum decided that wasn't a, a very important uh, sort of goal to have and they're finding out extremely hard uh they're, ex- they're learning an extremely hard lesson on the go and like you said the timing of it couldn't be more incredible like literally less than a month 27 days until they're supposed to merge to proof of stake after which point many large regulated validators will be put in a precarious situation do they
1: in go no if OFAC waited six weeks to do the sanction on Tornado Cash, none of this discussion would even be happening. They would just be going on their merry way right into disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's damned if they do, damned if they don't. This stay
0: on proof of work. I mean, we'll get into it. Let's get the Clark's dashboard first. We'll come back right back to this because there's a lot to talk about here. It's exciting. I love this shit. It's very exciting. Uh, Very high signal data on the go. A lot, a lot of good case studies being built out right now. Price of Bitcoin has been in a bit of a lull, hovering around twenty-two to twenty-four thousand last week. Currently sitting at twenty-three thousand two hundred ninety-five cuck bucks. One cuck bucks going to get you four thousand two hundred ninety-three sats. Current. Market capitalization of Bitcoin is 444.4 billion cuck bucks. We are block height 750,001. Again, Matt had to be late, so we missed block 700. And the miners didn't reorg yet. What the fuck? I did not listen. Not
1: not enough of them are listening to the show right now. Uh, we are well, we have one. In- we have, uh, I don't know how to pick a name. He said he started overclocking his S19 just for us. Well, thank you. I don't know how to pick a name. I uh, really appreciate you putting in the
0: effort. Uh, effort. and Maybe you just burned out your machine for us a a little bit, so thank you for your sacrifice. There are currently 1,967 blocks until the next retarget, which means we had a retarget between the last two shows. Uh, So that happened 33 plus 16 is 49 blocks ago. We had an upwards difficulty adjustment of 0.6%, so relatively flat Blocks are coming at 9 minutes, 53 seconds. We're not going to read uh, the estimated difficulty change for the next epoch because it's too close to the last adjustment, but we'll read it anyway. Uh, Estimated to be 14.2% upward adjustment. There are currently 5,270 transactions in Clark's mempool. One sat per byte fees are going through. Samurai sitting at 5,625.1. Bitcoin in unspent capacity, or $131 million on the dot. Uh, so that's where we are. Pretty uh, pretty boring in the world of Bitcoin. Flat, relatively flat difficulty adjustment. Price hasn't moved much in a couple of weeks. But as we mentioned before we jump to the dashboard, there's a lot of incredible lessons being learned uh, on the go, particularly with Ethereum. So met last week. OFA or not Ofe, the Treasury Department sanctioned Tornado Cash. Uh, at, at that point, Infura, Alchemy, USDC Circle, Coinbase started uh, st- stopping to interact. They stopped go. With the Tornado Cash Bitcoin stopped interacting with the Tornado Cash contract. Uh, the morning after we recorded last week, one of the Tornado Cash developers was arrested in the Netherlands and uh, over the course of this week, there's been a lot of discussion between those in the Ethereum community, uh, what is going to happen once we go to proof of stake in the next 27 days, 27 days from now, and you have these large regulated validators, which Matt has basically explained many times throughout the years, Coinbase, Binance. Uh, Lido Finance, all these exchanges and centralized third parties they're going to be the largest validators and stakers on the proof of stake consensus chain uh, and they are regulated entities that will have to comply with OFAC and so there's been a lot of back and forth throughout the week in the Ethereum community uh, Erica Wall is uh, claiming that there's going to be a user activated soft fork Uh, And uh, he's rallied people like Vitalik and others to essentially promise that they will slash uh, validators that censor uh, uh, transactions that OFAC doesn't want going through. Um, Brian Armstrong, I believe, came out earlier today and said he would uh, unwind Coinbase's staking. Uh, no, he said
1: that yesterday. But he also like he put a like, he put like an open ended, uh, or we might just do some other bullshit kind of thing attached to it. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a, like, like look, so, That's we the beauty well, yeah, of no. it too. They, wait, I think one important thing to mention here is so the way this transitions going, people are putting staking ETH in what they call the Beacon Chain, and they're like pre. Basically pre-allocating ether that will automatically be staked and validating the chain once they transition, and they they haven't even written the code to unstake and like move your coins out of that staking. Yeah, even if even if Coinbase wanted to unwind, they wouldn't be able to. It's functionally not possible.
1: Yeah, <laughs> six to twelve Apparently. months. Saying, so after, after so the- I mean. We can go all the way back, there's a thread I started 5 years ago. And that thread started with a simple premise and poll, which was in a world of Ethereum moving to proof of stake, the largest stakers will be exchanges. Agree or disagree. And 2500 people voted and 61% agreed. So it's not like we are we can see the future or something. There was A lot of people that could tell that this was the end result five years ago. But meanwhile they put it they put their own gun to their head in this setup for this merge, and then they a lot of them, a lot of the influencers seem to have not considered this as a possibility until like eight days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Like what the fuck? Like it just makes you like I just a part of me, I remember, like, a part of me, I was just like, maybe we don't even talk about it. Let them just move to prove a stake. It'll be a great learning experience. But we talked about it nonstop, and they still didn't fucking pay attention. So, you know, now it's time to, you made your bed, now it's time to sleep in it.
0: Yeah, it turns out that maybe being able to run your own full node and validate transactions in the comfort of your own house may not just be a mountain man fantasy, but something that is integral to sufficient distribution. In these distributed protocols. So, I mean, yeah, it's, and it's hilarious. I mean, the, the Ethereum Cognoscenti, the influencer world there, whatever you want to call them, they've been bashing Bitcoin maxis for calling everything a shitcoin and calling it a scam for years on end. And I think we're, who knows what will happen. Come next month when they try to move to proof of stake, or what will happen in the coming months, coming years. But it's amazing. There is uh, there's a bit of um, "Hey, we told you so" going on right now. Like we like that is basically the crux in the core of what many. I don't. I hate the term Bitcoin Maxi, but why Bitcoin "quote unquote" Maxis are the way they are? It's because like this stuff is only going to succeed if it's sufficiently. Distributed in the way you're architecting your protocol is dooming it to fail because it will not be sufficiently distributed and will be able to be attacked by the state. And you can't forget yeah. the first, the, the, basically, the first fucking sneeze the state threw at Ethereum. It's completely Literally it just
1: updated a blog post. They like <laughs> yeah. updated a blog post and went to bed. And then all of this chaos ensued. Everything that's followed has just been like Control C, Control V. Onto their sanctions list, and then everything else just played out, yeah, and then the other thing is you know first of all um to to just add on to what Marty said, I mean, look, you need proper foundations for these things. if we're trying to build systems that are going to last generations that are going to outlive all of us, they need a strong foundation, and you can't build distributed censorship resistant networks or tools on top of something that is not distributed or censorship resistant. But the opposite is true. If you have a if you have a strong foundation, you can build whatever the fuck you want to build on top because it has a strong foundation. These are basic fundamentals of these systems. Um and we're we're watching that play out in real time. Just years and years of poor planning and poor priorities have resulted in this current situation. And I don't even in like the first of all they've alienated anyone who wants to mine on ethereum for years so that whole industry like the ethereum mining industry is an absolute joke in comparison to bitcoin so even if like somehow they changed all their code and they were like we're going to move back to proof of work they're they're behind by years absolute years and and they're behind in a situation where it's really important to get past that first ASIC hurdle where like ASIC manufacturing is, is very centralized. Control of ASICs is centralized. Mining is centralized. Like It takes some time to get through there. And fortunately, Bitcoin was able to do that in a time where we were basically like in a honeymoon phase with these systems. Where like they weren't really getting outwardly attacked too much. Um, so they uh, they've missed that opportunity completely. Um, they probably can't back out of the proof of stake thing. Um, they are proving in real time one of the key differences between proof of stake and proof of work is that there's no objective truth. So they have all these slashing mechanisms and stuff where they're like, Oh, well, like if a majority is censoring, uh, the majority are regulated exchanges and Lido, which is a regulated corp, uh, you know, we'll just slash them. Well, the reverse is true too. You know, if, 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 a, if a small group of influential people can choose what's true and what's not true on your chain, then that's censorship in itself. So they're just in this massive catch-22. And as it plays out, people will learn. This has always been the optimistic thesis, right? It's like, as people get burned, they will learn. These systems will get more robust. People will improve their own individual understanding and interaction with these protocols. And we will move towards a better, better situation. Yeah, yeah. the whole uh,
0: movement this week to threaten to slash all the largest validators is really interesting to see because those validators are holding Ether for hundreds of thousands, who knows how many people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. So they're actively talking about disenfranchising like Joe Schmo and completely wiping out the value that he's put into that token because... They don't like that these validators have to play by the rules and they're just playing within the the system that Ethereum has erected, uh, which is inherently centralized. And we brought up Ari Paul earlier, and again, comparing proof of stake to proof of work, it's incited this debate on Twitter today, particularly this morning, where people are like, well... Bitcoin isn't really immune to this either. Like miners, uh, are, so like what Ari's trying to claim is that miners are actively censoring Ofac addresses, which is just blatantly false. I think uh, Laurent from the Samurai T Samurai team, uh, or, uh, surfaced at least two transactions where Bitcoin left an Ofac blacklisted address and was successfully included in blocks. So that's happened at least twice. In Bitcoin's history. And then the nature of mining, that's where it gets very interesting because right now, obviously, we use large mining pools distributed throughout the world. They could certainly uh, go to the mining pools. They can go to Foundry, then go to Mara. They can go, well, Mara's not even, they can go to Luxor here in the United States. So go to Foundry and Luxor and they'll say, hey, you guys have to respect this OFAC list. And they could certainly um, force them to do that, but what you would see is if individual miners in those pools really want to pick one to continue to succeed, they would simply leave, and you can sh- shift your hash rate towards another pool uh, at a moment's notice. And then on top of that, <clears throat> how do these regulators right now even identify the pools? And this, and we've brought this up recently in the past too, which is the pools right now are are identifying themselves in the Coinbase transaction messaging where you, when
1: you mine a block you can put a message in the coinbase the coinbase and, transaction is the transaction that pays the miners by the way it's not has nothing yes. to do with the exchange no so yeah when you mine a block uh, the way the, the subsidy
0: is and the reward is the, excuse me, the subsidy and the transaction fees which make up the reward are released to the miner it's released from the coinbase transaction and so you mine a block and that coinbase transaction is released 100 blocks later so if you mine a block, you don't get the Bitcoin right away. It's have to wait 100 blocks. But anyway, you, Important can also, piece. you can also put a message in this Coinbase. Uh, and most pools right now are just saying, hey, it's Slush Pool that mined this block. It's F2 Pool that mined this block. It's Foundry that mined this block. They don't have to do that. And so right now that is common practice. But you could imagine in the future, if the regulatory heat got extremely hot, that these pools would simply be like, all right, we're not going to, Identify ourselves in the Coinbase transaction anymore. And that adds another layer of trying to find them, um, which
1: two, makes yeah. Bitcoin more robust. There's two additional elements there just that are addendums to what you said. Uh, the first is uh, you mentioned uh, that you're able to leave a mining pool if uh, mm-hmm. the operator is doing something uh, that you don't approve of, such as censoring a transaction. You can do that instantly. My basic understanding of how Ethereum is set up proof of stake is it takes a while to de-delegate from a staker. So like this, the the people that are using these big stake pools or whatever the fuck you want to call them, they can't leave very easily. Um, They can't switch very easily. And then the second thing is, even without people switching from those mining pools, Bitcoin is set up in such a way that other miners that are outside of those pools can include those transactions in a block and by doing so, they're more likely to get higher fees because those, if those transactions aren't getting included by the largest mining pools, um, then, then the, that transactor is more inclined to pay a higher fee and then those, those smaller miners will pick it up. So in order to do a proper protocol-level kind of censorship attack on Bitcoin, which is still theoretically possible, 100%, uh, 100% theoretically, uh, is is you would need an overwhelming large amount of miners to be on board with it. And then you would need them to actively basically reorg any blocks from miners that they disagree with, which would hurt their bottom line significantly. So there's this strong profit incentive set up so that it's really expensive and really difficult to do protocol level censorship on Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, the probabilistic nature with how a hash that allows you to add a block to the ledger is found, makes it extremely uncertain if you're going to levy this attack that you'll be successful, number one. And then number two, how much will it cost to continue the attack? Uh, And again, this is why it's important that you engender a culture of at-home mining, smaller-scale mining as well, uh, because obviously we have the big... uh, massive miners like Riot, Marathon, uh, Core Scientific, Rhodium, a bunch of others that if let's say the government were to co opt them to coordinate with each other could put the network at risk. Uh, But luckily we have a a culture of individuals running a lot of miners uh, throughout the world as well, uh, which helps against that type of attack. Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, let's just be upfront here. Let's, you should as bitcoiners you you should 100% expect the us treasury or some other uh entity within the us federal government to begin trying to uh, co-opt either mining pools, large publicly traded miners or other types of entities at that scale to basically censor transactions on the network.
1: Yeah, so to to wrap this all up in as concise a way as possible, we have two elements at play here. We have network level censorship, which is why it's extremely important for you to be able to use your own node and run it cheaply, accessibly through Tor in a private way. And then we have protocol level censorship, which is why it's important to use proof of work, why it's important to make it as easy as possible and as as, um, predictable as possible for people to invest money into mining. Um, into mining development, into mining distribution, for all these different mining operations to spread out across the world in a reliable, predictable way rather than working in an environment where uh, the stakeholders are just constantly alienating you and you don't want to invest in that kind of infrastructure. So those two combinations together um, are are basically at the crux of this whole issue, network-level censorship and protocol-level censorship. And Marty's neighbor is mowing right now, um, which he's going to try and blame on me. I'm not, like,
0: it's fucking, <laughs> I'm going to have to scream at him.
1: Uh, Just ask him if he can wait, like, 40 minutes. I'll tell him, I'll ask him, I'll tell him I'll mow the lawn. Uh, and, like, I'll mow the lawn afterwards. Yeah, so freaks, uh if you're listening to the audio feed, Marty just got up and walked away from the camera, so it's just it's just us. Um today right before we went live, uh we me and a few other people, we've been working for a lot of months now and we got this we got this new campaign up that we're very excited about uh for Hotlnot. Um if you're not aware, Knot has been fighting uh two court cases. Uh, for years now against um, someone who claims to be Satoshi. Um, and these are defamation lawsuits uh, because Hodlnot, uh made claims against that. Um, so he's caught up in, he's a very humble dude. He doesn't like to talk about it. Uh, we basically had to like push it out of him uh, when I saw him last time because he didn't want to ask for help. Um, but him and his family are seeing massive legal bills before the court case even happens. Um, so we're calling on Bitcoin companies and Bitcoiners around the world to support. Uh, we've set it up through OpenSats. So if you are American, you can get a tax deduction on it. Uh, if you don't want a tax deduction, if you just uncheck the tax deduction bubble, you can donate completely anonymously using Bitcoin without providing, uh, your email or your name. Obviously we need the email there if you want a tax deduction receipt. Um, and I'm proud to say it's being run, uh, OpenSats is is the one handling the donations. Uh, this is for a general uh, legal defense fund uh, for people that are suffering legal cases based on free speech. HODLNOT will be one of the recipients, but other people afterwards will be able to apply for grants from this as well. Um, and Marty and Carr, among others, will be joining me for a 12-hour telethon uh, during Bitblock boom in Austin. So I do want to thank uh, Gary for being uh, very, very supportive of this initiative and uh, working with us on this. So if you go to defendingbtc.com, um, you can donate to support this cause. And I hope you all join us um, for the telethon, which will be broadcast on, will be broadcast next Friday live uh, from Austin awesome
0: well i just added uh some lawn mowing to my day how'd it go with your neighbor (laughs) went great i just have to mow the lawn when we're done awesome it's he comes down thursday afternoons and then just decides to mow the lawn we got terrible timing here
1: but maybe he just maybe he's a freak and he listens and he knew if he kept doing it you'd mow his lawn
0: Maybe I just need to be a better neighbor and just go in his garage and mow the lawn before he gets down here.
1: Maybe he's, a, maybe he's an ETH guy, and he heard us shitting on ETH while he was watching R.H.R., and he's like, fuck this guy, and walked outside with his lawnmower and just started. Yeah, it's, it's like a proverbial slashing down there. <laughs> <laughs> slashing, <laughs> grass. <laughs>
0: slashing grass. Slashing uh, grass. So that should be fun. No, uh, very excited. Or I don't think excited is the right word. I'm, I don't feel like yeah, it's wrong. It's funny for a hobble. Huddle not, but should be a, a good time next Friday in Austin. It's gonna be a great week in Austin. Uh all week. Uh a lot going on. Uh bit block boom. Another live episode. Do we decide do we do business on air? Are we doing like an RHR on Thursday and then one on Saturday? Are we doing extra content. Or is it too are we
1: too busy? Uh we could do that. Maybe a short one on Thursday. I'll be in town. Yeah. Yeah. Um we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll do yeah. a short one on Thursday and we'll pump the Huddle Not telethon. That's gonna be the day after as well. So Yeah. Oh be yeah. Good. Um so plan on that freak. We'll have two RHRs next week. I don't know if we're releasing a specific target for Not, but just between me and the freaks, um like the bills are in the millions. It's quite mm-hmm. high. Uh lot lot of things are on the line here for Not and his family, so any 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 spare sets you can you can spare to the cause uh, are greatly appreciated by him and his family. It's fuck. It's it's insane. It's insane. We'll leave it at yeah. That. I mean, regardless of how you feel about everything in this case, like you shouldn't be getting you know you shouldn't have your family's life on the line you know over a tweet. Yeah. We don't live in a free world, freaks. And I will particularly reach out to the people that uh, gave cover to this character for a while, and I know have, you know, a decent amount of wealth that they've accrued in this space that should consider repenting for their sins and contributing to this this initiative. I mean, Ari Paul was one of them. He once looked. Yeah, so so someone reach out to him for me because I'm blocked. (laughs) Ari Paul once looked me in
0: the eyes after we recorded Jesus back in like 2018. Told me to dump all my Bitcoin for Bcash because Craig Ray was Satoshi.
1: Have fun staying poor.
0: I think the statute of limitations of sharing that story is, has passed. It's been been four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Bitcoin Anarchist, 4.42 a.m. in Australia, tuning in. Good morning, sir. Top of the morning to you. That's British. I'm sorry about that. Um, by the way, back to the list. I mean, we mentioned that the Tornado Cash developer was arrested in Amsterdam last Friday. Was it for writing the code? Was it for profiting from the contract? I think that's still uh, up in the air exactly what he was arrested for. Um, and then Coin Center wrote a piece on Tornado Cash and uh, just privacy uh, on the internet and in general. But again, like, I think, I don't know, I, I like. The coin centerpiece, it's interesting. It's like very rah rah rally cry, but at the end of the day, the system wasn't really designed. Um, it's sort of like a hey, just let us do this. Where the answer should be design systems that don't allow them to stop it.
1: So, I mean, I think it's important that people are are fighting, fighting for privacy rights and, uh, privacy rights through legal methods. Um, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't like count on that. But uh, it should definitely be like one aspect of, of this fight. I mean, it goes all the way back to, you know, the early nineties when we had the wars on encryption that never ended, you know, people say like, oh, you know, that war was done. That war's just been simmering and continuing this whole time um but there was massive legal wins there but there was also technological wins it was a combination of the two yeah i'm yeah. just glad coin center is now more focused on this than um you would believe that they're more focused on this than dumping shit coins on retail
0: yeah yeah like we we mentioned it last week that is the silver lining of all this is that one people are quickly learning what is important when it comes to these distributed systems and why Bitcoin uh, has gone about developing and building out its protocol the way it has and uh, shifting focus and attention towards the things that are important, like decentralization and privacy. Um, Moving on on the list, the U.S. banned the export of three nanometer chip tech uh, to China. I mean, China wasn't mentioned specifically, but this seems like... Uh, Who else would it be for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so this was announced last Friday. The U.S. Commerce Department <laughs> Bureau of Industry and Security. Uh, the rule will ban the export of two ultra-wide bandgap semiconductor materials, as well as some types of electronic computer-aided designs, ECAD technology, and pressure-gain combustion technology. Um, I mean, this is...
1: the how first of all how good uh car scroll up for a second how good is the subtitle not mention china obvious target china
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> even if country hasn't uh hasn't designed advanced
0: chips no i mean i mean this has been one of the biggest knocks on sort of america shifting all its manufacturing Particularly, a lot of its computer technology to China is—I uh, mean, the word on the street is—and that they've just been taking what we've been sending over there to designs and just completely ripping them off, not respecting IP laws, or most importantly, like military secrets, and just taking our tech and reworking it for themselves. So
1: it kind yeah. of feels like there's there's similarities here to. Ethereum influencers freaking out, you know, like 30 days before the merge and us, like the U.S. government, trying to, you know, put a lid on this issue at this point. Like, it's almost too late at this point. Yeah. Um, It's probably too late at this point to really do anything meaningful. But at least it seems they're aware of the threat to a degree. Um, Hopefully this, you know, means that there'll be even greater priority on bringing a lot of this manufacturing within our own borders. Um, that's really the productive way of handling this. Um, and I just, before I forget, cause I will forget and I forget the amount of things freaks that I've forgotten to say on the countless rabbit hole recaps is just, could write a book. you could write a book or at least a ghostwriter could write a book. Cause I will not be writing a book. Um, hodl not, we, we made it so. That uh, all you pretend Bitcoiners out there that refuse to spend Bitcoin, uh, you can donate with credit cards as well. Uh, And I just
0: pretend (laughs) Bitcoiners.
1: Well, I mean, look, Bitcoin's perfect for this situation. And the amount of time and energy that went into making sure that credit card donations were enabled was a very frustrating thing. Because really, like, Bitcoin makes all this kind of shit really fucking easy. And credit cards just add a massive complexity to the whole operation. But for you guys, it's there. Consider donating, whether it's fiat or Bitcoin. And I was just half kidding when I called you a pretend Bitcoiner. I take that back (laughs) if you donate. (laughs) Spend and replace. Or just use
0: something like strike. Pay with cash. Or it's the other way around there. Um, Yeah, we're getting... uh, yeah, it seems like the attacks from the U.S. on or economic attacks on from the U.S. on China. It's very confusing. The last few weeks, like they're like, "Hey, we recognize one China. We're gonna go to Taiwan." We had another uh, delegation go to Taiwan in secret earlier this week. I believe a few. I like
1: ago. the theory that the whole the the whole strategy is just basically uh, Pelosi inside of trading. Yeah, it's, like mean, the, clean, it's the cleanest <laughs> theory with all
0: this shit. Binner's son invests in like a bunch of the semiconductors or something like
1: that? Yeah, and like maybe he's involved with uh, three nanometer chip production. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it seems yeah. easy enough.
0: Yeah, but uh, Diogenes the Great is saying that uh, a bunch of U.S. companies, or excuse me, Chinese companies, are going to get delisted from the U.S. stock exchanges next month. The SEC heating added up. Has had over eighty firms to the list is likely to list them on American exchanges. I mean, ah, it's very interesting. Because obviously, we've talked about this in the past, too. Obviously, the CCP is an evil communist dictatorship that is enslaving people, uh, thrusting social credit. Harvesting it's, organs. Harvesting organs, doing this, some of the most... I think disp- that's a big one. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, uh, harvesting halal organs to then sell to Saudi Arabia. Higher value. Yes, um,
1: from the the Uyghurs who are Muslims, that they're putting in internment It's so One of the reasons uh, I drink so much it reduces the value of my organs. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, not funny, but it
0: is pretty funny. But right. What is, what is the trade off balance there? It's a, are you a high organ target to begin with? I don't know.
1: Regardless, of everyone organ, everyone debates whether or not you put organ donor on your on your card, but like the state tells me I'm not allowed to donate mine. They have told you that or they will tell No, <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just shooting the shit. I don't know. It's a it's 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 a dark topic and I was trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. No, no it is. The- I'm intermittent fasting today while drinking beer. Ooh. That's never a good combo. You're gonna be drunk fast. Yeah.
0: But No, there's this weird especially being like more being in the mining industry, obviously, Bitcoin mining, uh, heavily influenced by Chinese entrepreneurs. Yeah, there's this weird like, like, weird paradox where China is run by a communist party, yet there's crazy hyper-capitalistic individuals and companies, particularly the Bitcoin mining space. So I've interacted with a lot of these people, and I really like them. I think they're savvy businessmen, and they're really good at at what they do, which is try to make as much money as possible. Throughout the Bitcoin mining industry, uh, it's just weird seeing all these sanctions being levied and knowing good I mean, wh- who I know to be good Chinese citizens that are.
1: I mean, you can you can hate a state, and you could you could feel threatened by a state. You can hate a state without with while still admiring their subjects. Like that's not yeah. a there's no conflict there. Um, yeah. I mean, I've long said, I, I like who else. China is obviously the Chinese government the CCP uh, is not only the largest threat to human rights in the world but they're the largest threat to American supremacy now the question is do you support American supremacy there's a whole nuanced argument there but there really is no one else if you're talking about a competitor uh, to our hegemony it's China China has it's always been China uh, at least in our in our lifetime it was always China it was always China no, that begs the question. And, and yeah, it's the opaque nature of
0: China from the outside looking in. Like Many people are like, oh, they're very strong. Like I had London Paul on. He's like, yeah, people are thinking that China's economy is about to collapse, but it's very robust. They've got trade deals going with Africa, India, Russia, Southeast Asia. Their, their economy won't, would take a hit if it had to cut America out, but they they would survive at the end of the day. And then you have... A lot of the people here, like Kyle Bass, others saying it's a it's a it's an economy built on a complete house of cards of debt and the real estate market's collapsing and they're having bank runs and it's just so hard to actually know what's going on there. It's very confusing. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Yeah, did you
1: see like there was like a video that came out? Like I couldn't translate because I can't speak Mandarin. But they were like telling Chinese citizens to buy a second home. And if they already had a second home, go buy a third home. And if you already had a third home, go buy a fourth home Uh, while the bank runs are happening. Um, So obviously, their house is not in order. There's a lot of issues over there. Um, But it's amazing what you can accomplish when you're fine with tens, hundreds of millions of people going through famine and heartache. Uh, If if that's a trade-off you're willing to make, then... You can get away with massive collapse and still be successful on the geopolitical front. Yeah. And you know, it's great for depressions, hot wars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like the thing that scares me because I think, yeah, I I think the US government, run by the intelligence agencies, is fucking. I've been railing on the federal government for years on this podcast I think they're terrible I think the intelligence agencies have bad intentions I don't think they care about Americans at the end of the day I don't think they're here to serve freedom or our, our right to peace happiness and prosperity I think they have weird I don't know that's uh, weird word, but it's not it's uh, they have weird intentions <laughs> they really want power and control not only over American citizens but the rest of the world uh, China, same thing. CCP is the same way. European Union, Russia, all the people in charge in all these places are power hungry sociopaths. But like you said, if the Evergrande situation in China, their bank runs and their real estate crisis, uh, energy, food crisis, many people are talking about over there is real, we have it here in the West too. Like uh, one of the articles I wrote last Friday, Germany. Like people don't understand what's going on in Germany right now. Like Germany is in the middle of an energy crisis. They have intra-year, within the year 2022, they have hyperinflation of energy prices. It's up like 500% uh, within the year. Their cost per megawatt hour uh, next day power prices are at all-time highs and are going up rapidly uh, because of the fact that they can't get access to Russian Natural gas, and they've decommissioned a number of nuclear power plants and replaced them with wind farms that aren't producing enough electricity to supplant that that nuclear generation. And many people are like, "Oh, Germany, it's just the Germans are just going to have a cold winter. They're going to stock up on wood and just suffer through the winter. It's all worth it to, to stick it to Putin." But uh, I don't think people really. Understand like the second, third order knock-on effects, and it's already beginning to happen not only in Germany but out throughout Europe. It was announced yesterday that uh, a large steel manufacturing plant in Slovakia is going to shut down next month because the electricity prices are too high. And so, what we're seeing all across Europe, I saw a tweet uh, of uh, an Italian small business. Their uh, their year-on-year electricity price for this one business went from like 90,000 euro I think they're pretty big to something like 800,000 euro it's like a almost 10x year on year and uh, when I mean energy electricity is a raw input into everything that is produced throughout our economies and so uh, when that raw input price goes up it literally is going to make just doing things uneconomical and so in Germany, you're going to have all the car manufacturers shut down, all the steel manufacturers shut down. Slovakia, steel manufacturers starting down. Small businesses in Italy are going to shut down. You're going to have a grinding halt of a, a large swath of the European economy. People are going to lose their jobs. They're going to go into a winter without jobs, without electricity, without heat. And you've got a food crisis on top of that. Like This is not a good situation. All this is how populist movements happen and like, the reason I went down this, this rant is because hot wars uh, are things that usually come out of this. You have uh, people at home pissed off and angry. It's and so what do you do? You incite a war with another. You, you uh, saber rattle with, with China. And then you throw all the hungry peasants who can't turn their lights on into a war and distract them from the problems that, that you made at home.
1: Yeah, and you promise to pay them when they're not getting paid anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a good distraction tactic, as as old as time. It's happening,
0: but that's the crazy. Like, has it? I mean, when you think about the gravity of it happening all across the world, maybe who knows? Maybe like Africa is somewhat immune to this, but obviously they're.
1: Because uh, well, the they've just been fucked for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> centuries. So they're like already, yeah. they're starting in a bear market, so.
0: Yeah, but when you think like it's happening here in the United States, in, like, we're in a lull,
1: oil prices have come down uh, over the last few I think few months, no but... one's immune to the effects here. Like everyone's going to get hit, hit pretty hard. Um, yeah. And this is why it's important for individuals and local communities to make themselves as robust to these kind of chaotic situations as possible. Because ultimately, that makes us all more robust. Um, but it starts with the level of of greed and selfishness, of, of of making sure your house is in order, taking it from there.
0: Exactly. It's, I mean, some people call it greed, but self-interest is probably...
1: Uh, I like the word greed. Street.
0: You like greed? should There should be no... <laughs> We, yeah, need a, uh, is we, we need Cash just King and Greed is good. We need a, a Wall Street meme of just replace Michael Douglas's face with with Matt's face with the mic, Greed is good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you do that, if you do that I'll donate fifty thousand sets to not Okay. Ooh. We memes for set memes for donations. I like that. We have so, like a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of gimmicks in store for you guys so you all feel uh to make it a joyous occasion for the telethon. We have a lot of, uh, unfortunately we couldn't get a dunk tank approved, but there's a lot of other good shit. How would you not get a dunk tank approved? There's a lot of like liability and insurance bullshit with dunk tanks. There's a lot of water involved. There's like potential head injuries and stuff. I don't, I will never coordinate a dunk tank going forward. Interesting. All right. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge supporter of dunk tanks, but I'm a supporter of walking up to the dunk tank and participating in it, not dealing with the bureaucracy <laughs> of getting the dunk tank there. Bureaucracy, yeah. I mean, here's a perfect example of just how crazy the
0: world has gotten. Uh, you can't even get a dunk tank without filling out a bunch of paperwork. You
1: need like them. a team of seven to coordinate a dunk tank. <laughs>
0: uh. I mean, I'm, I'm not even looking at the list now, but I think this just flows <laughs> uh, in this topic, which is the Inflation Reduction Act, which was officially signed into law by Biden. It's essentially a spending bill. But, I mean, it, it's just talking about the energy crisis in Europe, uh, and that is coming here. I mean, it, it, a lot of what this inflation reduction bill, it's the most, its I think it's the most Orwellian-named bill since the Patriot Act Um there is a it, lot of them though. There is a lot of them, but this may take the cake because it, it, inflation reduction act exudes this thing like oh we're only focused on inflation
1: and curbing that, but it's just a massive spending bill. It's like literally the opposite with some The, the trick is they're all just massive spending bills with different names. Yes. with we'll spending bill and uh encroachment on civil
0: liberties. Uh, and you can argue this is an encroachment on civil liberties too, particularly if you believe in the right very to the argument, in the right to basically go and extract energy the way you see fit. So, uh, a massive part of the spending bill is very focused on healthcare and energy specifically. And Carr has up on screen uh, a Zero Hedge article that is writing about another article where Bill Gates basically says, "Yeah, I've been talking with Manchin for three years to get this bill." Across the uh, across the finish line, I really want all this green energy infrastructure to get subsidized. And just piggybacking on the conversation about the energy crisis in Europe, this is exactly what will be brought here to the United States. Uh, Some would argue it, it already is here to a certain degree, but this will just exacerbate the energy crisis here in the United States because you're actively this bill actively disincentivizes the extraction of reliable uh, carb hydrocarbons, excuse me, with their. Uh, very strict methane uh, restrictions uh, and uh, their methane curbing goals in this bill. And then on top of that, they're subsidizing a bunch of wind and solar uh, production on top of electric vehicle uh, purchases. And I mean, just the beauty of uh, the market reacting to these idiotic bills is it, there's a $7,500 Electric vehicle credit included in the Inflation Reduction Act, and all of the electric vehicle manufacturers have simply raised their prices by $7,500. Um, so you're really not getting a discount at all. This is what this same thing happens with student loans. You can get a loan out from the government to go get uh, uh, pay for college, and the colleges simply just raise their prices because they know that uh, the government's going to give them that money. Same thing's happening here with the electric vehicles. Um, but again, this is going to do nothing to reduce inflation. It's probably going to exacerbate inflation significantly. And haven't even mentioned the, the IRS army either.
1: Yeah, $80, $80 billion spent training like the worst applicants ever to be armed IRS <laughs> agents and harass Americans. <laughs> while pretending it's for billionaires, but really it's going to be for all the middle class people and lower class people. And they're just gonna fucking harass us. They're gonna harass us. And what people don't realize is like, first of all, pay your taxes freaks. But second of all, you could you could do everything right. You could actually overpay your taxes. You could fuck up the math and you could overpay your taxes. If they audit you, it's still fucking hell. It is absolute fucking hell. It's expensive, it's mental mentally exhausting, and and it's horrible for obviously for your privacy. I mean, you're literally you have a couple of government agents, and they they they're they're literally tasked with pulling your pants down and making you feel as as little of a human being as possible. That is their role. Yeah, I mean, shout out to
0: Representative Thomas Massey for getting those pictures of the IRS training or recruiting uh, out there because incredible meme format's number one, but number two, I think it's very powerful. Uh, in terms of imagery to really drive home the message of they're not sending their best. The, you're, they're literally going out and trying to... I hate to make fun of the people who were just...
1: Especially uh, since a lot sad. of them are freaks, since we asked the freaks to... Yes. We to know ...get know of freaks. jobs and stack sats with it.
0: Yeah, but it's like old women, fat dudes. <laughs> and, hey,
1: freaks come in all shapes and sizes. They do, they do, but this is... <laughs> well, you cropped out the guy people. in the wheelchair. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It I didn't. I didn't crop out anything. One uh, of the just, freaks called you out, and it's like, "Is Marty? Why'd you crop him out?" And posted the full photo. <laughs> well, the photo—the photo, the photo um, of the like, dude in the
0: wheelchair, like pointing a gun uh, at the dude's back, and everybody's smiling behind him. It's like this is insane.
1: They're literally getting joy out of uh, taking. So this is life. this is a theme you see in a lot of failed states, which is this idea: is you you push the majority of people into poverty. Right. You push as many people into poverty and you you create like this. I mean, you don't create it like for whatever you. Your policies push the people into poverty. Chaos is ensuing as a result of poor policy decisions and bad foundation. And then as a result, you have a lot of desperate people and then you can pay them fucking pennies to turn on their to turn on their 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 fellow American or their fellow subject wherever they live. Um, I'm not even gonna call us citizens because at this point we're just subjects. Um, like that's that's what it comes down to. You make people desperate and then you pay them your you pay them money that you've stolen from from your subjects and to turn on the rest of them. That's very insidious. That. It's very it's very
0: I mean, yeah, they're like we're paying like forty percent of our income and taxes to then give to the government to go hire more agents to come use the threat of force via a gun to take more of our money. It's completely illogical. And again, I mean, I tweeted it out earlier this week. I'm pretty sure the founding fathers overthrew the largest empire in the world because they got pissed off about like a 2% tax. And here we are sitting in 2022 And we're just standing by as the federal government issues $80 billion to hire 87,000 more tax collectors. I think it brings the total to around like 170,000 tax collectors. They want to audit 1.2 million more Americans over the next few years. Uh, And the overall tax rate uh, for many people is around 40%, which is like we're just sitting here just taking it in the ass like oh yeah this is this is normal um, it's not
1: normal and once again you take it in the ass and then they still come by to give it to you again right yeah it's like a it's like a it's the word i'm looking at? it's like a uh,
0: a shame ritual
1: or it's a not a shame ritual there's a word for it i'm just glad we started this episode with optimistic shitting on eth but that was very happy, very happy moment. At least we have that going for us. Yeah, we do not live in a freak. It's it's actually scary. <laughs> it's We've scary. just evolved. It's I would scary. love, I would love if a freak. I'll donate Anything another fifty thousand. I'll Thank donate another checklist. fifty thousand sats to Hollow Not. If a freak does a compilation of Marty asking, "Are do we even live in a free country anymore?" And it ends with his current statement, which we don't live in a free country. Yes, a Just, th- I, want, I want the evolution, the evolution of it all in one clip out.
0: Yeah, Shot Boy's in uh, M.G. Smith 4. Got it, yeah. It's a hazing ritual, a humiliation ritual. It's like, we've taken so much from you. Uh, here, we're going to hire all these <laughs> these fucking mouth breathers. Don't even know how to hold a gun. Probably don't even know how to read too good, but they're going to be able
1: to show up and bully you around until you get your money. I mean, I will reiterate that if you're an unemployed Bitcoiner, if you're an unemployed Bitcoiner and you don't want to learn how to code, you can get some basic gun training. You can be on the inside and you can get probably a decent paycheck and stack sats with it. If you apply for one of these jobs. Yeah. I think there's a strong argument for that. I think if I was, nah, I probably wouldn't. If I'm going to be honest, I'd just rather die poor. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, but I don't
0: know. You asked the question, will they be able to hire 87,000 people? But
1: yes. There's a lot of desperate people out there, Marty. And, and, and if, I mean, you only start to realize, you only start to realize how fucking. Corrupt and mentally taxing and ridiculous, our tax policy is after you've started being relatively successful, right? Because if you're a completely desperate person, you're having trouble paying the rent, you're going paycheck to paycheck, um, like that, that mental tax burden is not nearly as high. Um, So it goes to reason that poorer, lower class people are more desperate. People have have less negative feelings about the IRS. I think. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, people just get brainwashed. Like, I know a lot of people that work in uh, government adjacent jobs. Um, like contractors and stuff like that that they just get completely warped in the I mean all their all their coworkers do it you know every, like they go to parties like they go to weddings they're all working in like government adjacent jobs like they just get in their own little bubble yeah it's her mentality yeah
0: <sighs> no I had to call up my accountant this morning I was puked I was like holy shit I hate taxes uh, but I pay them uh We got all so activity.
1: exhausting.
0: Yeah, it's just it is stressful. Even doing it, not even getting audited, just like doing your taxes
1: every year. You have to do it too. It's crazy. Yeah, and we should abolish taxes. Can we get? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> just gotta pick your battles, Marty. Let's I just focus was- on ETH blowing up first and then we can address everything else after that yes
0: we got on this because the u.s banned three nanometer chips uh from <laughs> a country that's most likely china uh but we have more stuff None on named. this. Uh, another data breach disclosure this time from casa casa disclosed this is so bad they had a third party um uh vendor lose information uh an author unauthorized actor recently obtained customer information related to Casa's store from a third party e-com vendor. Where's the name of the vendor? It's like V something, right?
1: I thought it was kind of fucked up that um I mean first of all that that they were trusting a third party vendor. We've talked about this a million times. To be clear, this is the Casa store. Um so it's not for all CASA customers it's for Casa customers who like bought additional hardware wallets Faraday bags like different things from the Casa store but presumably that's a lot of Casa customers because one of the things Casa offers is like okay we'll give you decent security guarantees and hold your hand through the whole thing and so like presumably a lot of people go to the store what was fucked up to me was in this public release on this this tweet they didn't mention what data got leaked they just mentioned that data got leaked and they emailed the people affected. But the people that got affected leaked the email and the email says data includes names, emails, phone numbers, shipping and billing addresses, and the products ordered. So really, like, as bad as it can get in terms of a data leak. And you just hate to see, like, if if it does happen, if you fuck up, learn from it, but be as transparent as possible about, about what has happened here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was part of, I got that email. I think it was because I bought their node. Uh, luckily, I don't live where I was when I bought the node. But yeah, first and last name, email address, phone number, shipping oh, address. A lot of people bought the node. Products ordered. Um, so I bought the node. And it's funny because I have been getting an insane amount of text messages uh, from people trying to get me to click links in the last
1: couple of weeks. So I imagine it's for that. And Marty's a sucker for that. Like, if you just send him a link, he'll just click it instantly. Just like you just like, all you freaks... Just go out, send him links. He'll just click the links. Now, their, there? Uh, yeah, the phishing links.
0: I haven't clicked them, but they're they're getting more.
1: <laughs> Marty's is not acknowledging them. No, Sorry. I don't click. I don't click any links. Big uh, link clicker. Marty's a massive link clicker. Just send them links, guys. Big link clinker. I was. Trying they to are it. getting smarter with their phishing attempts. They do look more legit now. Yeah. If they know your bank. They know your bank.
0: They're like, "Oh, you need to click this link to figure." It. I'm like, "Wait a second, this isn't the number. This usually come from." And then, yeah, there was there was a Bitcoin related text the other day. They thought I was using some exchange I've never used. And they were like, "You got to click to sign it." Um, and I imagine they're just trying to get access to your phone um, in some way or another. So yeah, beware. I was affected by that. Sucks I feel you. like Does every
1: week a- we have another one, man. I love you. Brian Lockhart, but the uh, the node
0: was uh, it was early. It was early in the Lightning Network. Um, I do have it. It will go in my museum. We'll go on the uh, on the uh, TFT Studios Bitcoin Commons bookshelf. The, the Casa node.
1: You bought a brick, and you got all your <laughs> you got all your personal information leaked. <laughs> Congrats! <laughs> pretty sure I have like pretty sure I
0: have like three million sats on that node too. I had to recover. Don't worry. freak, send him a link to recover. Yeah, send me the link, please. Please. Next on the list, uh, Ventium launched to support uh Bitcoin development in Brazil. So Lucas Ferreira, um, made an announcement of Ventium, a nonprofit Bitcoin research and development center dedicated to supporting Bitcoin developers in Brazil in the wider Latin America region. Um, so this is cool to see. Um, developers uh getting together to to teach others in Brazil and Latin America how to contribute to bitcoin.
1: Yeah, this is a great initiative. Uh shout out to everyone involved. Pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Love to see specifically developing world initiatives like this.
0: Yeah, I mean we're yeah, so we're talking a lot about the power struggle between US, China, West, East. Brazil is one of those like relatively large economy outliers uh, where you want to see a lot of this development because they're like a bit of a wild card. It's like what's what's Brazil going to do? So it's good to have a very vibrant Bitcoin community in an area like Brazil where it may be considered like a brick, but a brick country. But I, I don't think they always play ball with um, with those countries and so it's like it's nice to have wild card states. I mean it's with, not like it's a sports team. What do you mean? BRIC isn't a sports team, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean but BRIC like the acronym is basically it's like the up and coming economies, right? It's like Brazil, Russia, India, China. It's not even spelled BRIC. There's there's no K. But it's like, it's it's something that is, it was an external association placed on top of them. It wasn't like, I don't think it was like Brazil, Russia, India, and China like got in a room, they're like, let's let's work together and build bricks. Yeah. I mean, well, there is talk about
0: like the BRICS currency and stuff like that. I think they ran with us like, oh, you're going to label us? Well, that would
1: uh, be like the Chinese currency and then just get Brazil, Russia, and India on board and boom. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, long story short. Shout out to the Ventium team. Um, It's very good to see people in Brazil having access to better Bitcoin knowledge. So we wish you well there. This was interesting news this week out of the mining industry. Bitmain and Ampool are launching a new miner loan program with loans as low as 6%, I believe, which completely undercut. 6.6%. Low end loans, 6.6%. And the high end at 8.8% for, I believe, probably for their larger buyers, but
1: when you look and presumably, at... Presumably, they have a key aspect here where it's like Antpool is spying on you and providing that data to, to justify the loan. So you're like giving yeah. up your pri- privacy yeah, for the lower loan rate.
0: Yeah, I mean, Antpool's been known to spy on its miners and put back backdoors in their firmware. So be aware of that. But if you're looking at this from a pure cost of capital perspective, uh, you're trading off privacy for a cost of capital that is significantly lower than the market rates that the lenders are offering here in the U.S. I mean, Galaxy, NYDIG, um, specifically uh, Foundry, I don't think it's doing loans anymore. but
1: They were for a while, though. They were for a while, but I don't think they I wonder. it. If- I wonder if that also means like there's Antpool lock-in, um, like to, to, to keep servicing the loan, you need to stay on Antpool so that they can, I don't know if the freaks saw who were watching the video, like their PR way of saying <laughs> they, they, they spy on you to give you the lower rate is, is Antpool and Bitmain have partnered to provide proprietary data to assess risk of loan of loans given. Um, I love PR speak. It's really fun, but I, I there's probably like an ant pool lock in too. It's a competitive advantage if you're a pool that's that's suffering hash loss, and you want you want to get higher increased hash, and you want to keep the hash you have. Um, give them a loan. Tell them they have to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, pools notoriously
0: are their margins are getting driven to zero. So they have to have these value-added services like a loan desk. So it makes sense. And again, completely undercutting uh, the Galaxy and NIDIGs of the world right now. I believe publicly the lowest rate I've seen is like 11% that Iris got from NIDIG um, earlier this year on some a- ASIC collateralized loans. But typically those rates range from like 11 to 16%. So being able to offer... 6.6 to 8.8% is um, a significant competitive advantage for uh, Bitmain and Ample. But again, consider the lender. Uh, do you really want to go out? And uh, are you desperate enough to go get uh, a loan from Bitmain to, to cut your rate well, essentially in half? Who knows? I'm sure there are many out there who are willing to take that risk. So be aware of that. The mining, mining space, um, Bitcoin, Akazi. South Africa. I've not dump, jumped into this. This was uh,
1: modeled after Bitcoin Beach, but it's in South Africa. Uh, this is a post uh, about the last year and basically of Akazi's growth. Um, people freaks who are often on Twitter might recognize. Uh, there's a lot of community outreach that's happening there, particularly in the younger generation. So you'll see like videos of of uh, young young kids buying stuff with Bitcoin and, and using lightning over there which is, is really cool to see yeah
0: shout out to Bitcoin Akazi they have a nice map there too looks like they have like a micro Bitcoin economy uh, in Mosul Bay which is uh, just cool to see it's happening grassroots I'd love to see grassroots speaking of grassroots that reminds me of our only shout out of the week which I'll read real quickly uh I'm looking to start a Bitcoin meetup in Greenwich, Connecticut, Matt's favorite down-to-earth place. The plan is to start with two to five people. Then we can decide how to grow it from there. If any freaks are interested, they can contact info at 203, the letters, excuse me, the numbers, 203, (laughs) btc.com. In the future, we may have a matrix chat or similar, but for now, direct emailing is the best way to ensure privacy between those who reach out to register interest or ask questions. Thanks for everything you guys do in the space to so keep up the amazing work across the board. 203 dot btccom
1: That's awesome. Um, love to see new, new meetups pop up and I love that uh, Rabbit Hole Recap shoutouts have been a key way for them to get exposure as they're growing. I would say, first of all, to this meetup organizer, um, proud of you for getting the ball rolling. I appreciate the support. Uh, for Rabbit Hole Recap with with the shout out. And then the third thing is you mentioned a matrix chat, you mentioned email. Um, we do have a matrix chat for Nash Bitcoiners. But what I've noticed is, you know, consider creating a Telegram chat as well. Like it's optional, people don't have to use it if they don't want to use it. Obviously, there are privacy concerns with using Telegram. Um, it is linked to a phone number. So consider what phone number you use. But I've noticed that the Telegram chats for the different meetup groups are are, are much more active and, and much more used. Uh, but if you do create a matrix chat, uh, definitely message that to us and uh, I will ping all my matrix homies and let them know that that chat exists.
0: Good luck to starting the Greenwich Connecticut Bitcoin meetup. 203btc.com. It's a nice landing page if you want to connect via email. You forgot it in the shout out. Back to the list, we have
1: telcos. We're just going to get hundreds of millions of dollars of fines waived. So this Uh, is a classic. Uh, Marty was talking about how they really name bills great. Um, So the American Data Privacy and Protection Act, great name, includes a clause that excuses the major telcos of Ah, uh, two hundred million dollars in fines that were levied against them for location uh, tracking that they weren't disclosing to their customers. So you have an act called the Data Privacy and Protection Act that is absolving them of tracking your location. Yeah. double speak.
0: definition of double speak. It just portray it to be one thing. It's literally the exact uh, it is a humiliation. It's a whole. The, whole, the United States federal government is a humiliation arm of humanity. It's like the demons have taken over the federal government, and they're literally just fucking with people. Like, hey, here's the Inflation Reduction Act that's going to increase inflation. Here's the Data Protect Privacy and Protection Act. Oh, we're just going to absolve people of completely raping your privacy. Here's the Patriot must be, Act.
1: must be really fun naming this shit, though. Do I mean, you think they're like drinking martinis with like their, their pinky yeah, finger the out? Care. They're like, oh, we'll call it the American Data Privacy and Protection Act. Here's the CARES Act. We're going to
0: reduce your health care. Oh, actually, your health care costs are going to go up significantly. <laughs> we care about you. We care.
1: It's the CARES Act. We care about you. Duh. It's in the name of the bill. What are you, not a patriot? It's... <laughs> I mean...
0: I'm just gonna I'm gonna get old and crazy crazier you already get in there Marty it's it's so frustrating it's like am I taking crazy pills like like how do we put up with this anymore I'm not uh, uh, stack sats stay humble stack sats starve the beast peaceful civil disobedience is the way forward we gotta make fun of these people that was a great thing that's why I love the uh, the pictures that Rep Massey shared and like really blew up that IRS thing because it's incredible meme format where you just really highlight how fucking stupid the opposition is and the opposition it wasn't
1: even a fucking meme format it was just a video.
0: <laughs> I know, but no, you he released three pictures, but it's like and they all have like terrible trigger uh, trigger stances. The dude in the wheelchair is just smiling <laughs> as he pointing a gun at somebody with his back turned to him. Uh, the what was the other ones? Yeah, the other ones look like they were line dancing. And then There's one where they're in the classroom and all the IRS agents are like pointing guns at each other. And there's just some poor, poor woman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can buy a person a lunch in the business card right off his expense. Spread them, bitch. Look at this. Look at the smile. Zoom in on the smile. Oh, like that's the photo where you cropped out the wheelchair
1: guy. Well, I, I make sure he got front and center in this one, so... Was that after you got called out by the freak? You posted another one with him front and center.
0: No, I was. I I literally just copy and pasted the picture. Maybe I didn't, uh, didn't click and copy correctly, but um, did no did no uh, did not put in any time or effort to actually crop any of these pictures. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> how do, uh, We're not going to solve the problem on episode two thirteen, a rabbit hole recap. But how the fuck do we just get people to wake up? Like these people are. The government's just lying to you, making your life worse off.
1: Well, they can start by reading <sighs> mandibles.
0: <sighs> yeah, read mandibles. Shout out to the freak who sent us a picture from the shore house he rented where they have mandibles on the bookshelf here. You're in good hands in that house, it seems. <laughs> Wheelchair guy will totally shoot first before uh, before chasing and tackling. Yeah, it's probably... He's not going to be running after anybody, that's for sure. But the, yeah, it, it does feel like they're just in some huge, massive humiliation game where there is like some demonic forces like we've taken over the world and we're just going to make these people, we're just going to drive them crazy. Make sure your back's are boosted, freaks, okay? Um, moving on, because I know Matt's getting a little anxious with, uh, with the demon talk. Uh, well,
1: someone, is... If someone cuts, cuts a clip of Marty saying what he just said out of context, 50,000 sats to huddle not. Okay. That's 150,000 sat bounty. It means right here.
0: Uh, this is like... How does this happen? I mean, iOS uh, VPN support leaks data, not all the data that uh, you think is going through a VPN on your
1: iPhone has been going yeah, through. Yeah, this is horrible. He disclosed <laughs> it years ago. Yeah, and and allegedly Apple just like just ignored Apple it. for years. Yeah, this is fucked up. This is, I mean, a massive. We we've we talked about this many. We've talked about the concept many times, which is the worst situation you could be from a privacy perspective is not being aware of privacy leaks and thinking you're protected, which is why. The responsible way to start every data privacy discussion, including in Bitcoin land, is to talk about the trade-offs and make people aware of the risks in the first place. And in this case, um, people thought they were using a VPN to protect their internet activity from their internet service provider, whether that's a mobile phone provider or, uh, you know, like a landline, ISP, cable, whatever, Fios. Um, they were relying on VPNs to do that, and they were relying on VPNs to protect their IP address and by by extension their identity when browsing websites. And meanwhile, iOS has just been leaking a bunch of data while they were running it, thinking that they were protected. It's like a condom yeah. with a hole in it. You yeah. might as well not like that's the worst case scenario. You're better off just going raw. Which leads you to question. If
0: Apple knew about this for years and the guy who disclosed it, I guess finally came out was like, hey, like I told them this shit's broken. They haven't fixed it. Like, was it not fixed intentionally because they're working in conjunction with somebody like the FBI, CIA, federal government to give up information on people who think they're using their phone with some degree of privacy?
1: Probably not. My guess is more of just like a priorities thing and like, they considered this an edge case, and they just didn't prioritize it. Um, but it is it is dangerous. I mean, their last major
0: ad campaign was all about privacy and security. Yeah, but good.
1: there's there's an aspect to this particular bug where it's it has to do with it has to do with if you have a session already before you open the VPN, what it should do if privacy was the number one priority is it should end all sessions and then restart the sessions using the VPN. Um, So, so theoretically if like the first thing you did before you did anything else on the phone was run your VPN and then you don't turn it off, then you shouldn't have this issue. So I'm not making excuses for them. This is absolutely horrible, but uh, (laughs) I'm just, it could, it's like a priority to me. It's probably a priority thing. Um, because uh, I mean, on iOS, like there's other ways you can compromise people if 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 that was the grand conspiracy, yeah, well, I mean, most are- people are using insecure VPNs to begin with, right? So VPNs by design are a trusted relationship. You're putting one hundred percent trust in if you're using a hosted VPN, you're putting one hundred percent trust in the hosted VPN provider, and a lot of them are run by data surveillance companies. and by extension, the the countries that they, they work with. Yeah, the demons behind the scenes who want
0: to control you or tell you they're going to reduce inflation, reduce your healthcare costs. You're patriotic for giving up your civil liberties.
1: Be a good citizen. Obey. One thing I wonder is, um, Apple has their own, like, for their paid tier, as someone who doesn't have an iPhone, they have, like, a paid tier option for, like, what amounts to a VPN. They have, like... Uh, I don't know what they call it, like pri- privacy browsing or something. I wonder if that's affected by this too, or if it's just third-party VPNs. It uh, whenever I've whenever I've fucked around with like a VPN on an iOS device, it always felt like an afterthought. It just didn't feel like a full-fledged integration. Yeah, I don't know, but anyway, just be aware if you're, if you're an iPhone user, just be aware you've just been fucked for the last few years. Uh, I don't know what to take away from that besides that.
0: Yeah. Hopefully you're aware now. Um, Last last thing we have on the list. I do have one thing I want to talk about off the list. Um, But the last thing we have on the list is actually uh, very good Bitcoin research. Uh, Gleb Nalmenko and Antoine Riard did some channel jamming research uh, that was um, supported by BitMEX and Queenbit, I believe. And they've released a website, jamming-dev.github.io. Slash book. Uh, and they basically have a bunch of chapters describing the channel jamming issue that exists in the Lightning Network. It's a long, uh, it's an issue that's been known about for some time. Uh, what are the costs of channel jamming? What are some of the solutions uh, to channel jamming? What is the design space for creating new solutions and um, sort of the incentives of the attack? I, I read through it this morning. I'm going to write about it in the Ben today, which is very thorough. Um, work that should be surfaced because this threat does exist. Matt's talked about this on Citadel Dispatch quite a bit. Um, So be aware, essentially, uh, an attacker could uh, denial of service attack your channels and make it so you can't successfully uh, route uh, transactions uh, to invoices, which would lower your reliability as a node, and as a merchant at the end of the day. And what I thought yeah. was particularly interesting in chapter three was like sort of the incentives to levy these attacks um, could be from competitors, say like your VPN accepts lightning transactions um, for your VPN service. And you don't want people using other VPNs, you channel jam their channels and force people to uh, buy your service, which is just-
1: like Or a you route. don't want people to use other routing nodes um... So I had, I had Tony on dispatch and he basically uh, we practice what we preach, right? Which is, I think the best way to learn is to get burned. Um, So he like probed the fuck out of my channels, like added a, a, you know, 30 gigs to my database file. uh, And he was like, I could have jammed you up completely at basically no cost to myself. Um, So, so, so it is a real risk. Um, I I love that we have a full proper write up here. Um, I I think if we're going to talk about, uh, I we've talked about in the past that like one of the things that I that I really dislike the most is is hypocrisy in the space and hip- hypocrisy in general. I think we're all hypocrites, um, but it's up to us to try and reduce our hypocrisy as much as possible and have you know have as much logical consistency as possible and hold ourselves to higher standards than other people. So while it was fun to shit on ETH in the beginning of this episode, and we will continue to shit on them um, for the foreseeable future, uh, I will reiterate that Lightning does not feel like it was, does not feel like it could withstand an adversarial environment, a proper adversarial environment. Um, Fortunately, the way Lightning is designed is, Lightning could completely fail and the Bitcoin network would be fine. Um, so what I foresee happening is these attacks starting to happen. They become more frequent. And then as a result, lightning becomes more robust. And if you have Bitcoin that you're holding on chain, like you're just not affected. So, um, trade-offs, there's trade-offs everywhere, but I will reiterate that, um, right now, if we had like really, if we had any kind of sophisticated actors, uh, uh, attacking Lightning, attacking Lightning users, attacking Lightning node operators, uh, they would have pretty good success. And and we just haven't seen those kind of attacks yet, at scale at least. If Tony Spaghetti can do it from
0: uh, the Bitcoin park, imagine what they can do in uh, the NSA offices.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, like Matt said, it's important to be upfront about all this stuff that these risks exist, that these attack vectors exist. But um, I think silver lining is we have people like Leb, Antoine, Tony working on this and being not trying to sh- shove it under the rug and just ignore it and really highlight, like, hey, this attack vector exists out there. It's something that should be buttoned up. And if you're comparing it to Ethereum, I think um, Bitcoiners are certainly. Uh, extremely upfront with the uh, the shortfalls of whether it be Bitcoin at the protocol Air or Lightning. Um, so yeah, it's good to see this research happen. Be aware of it. Uh, I would highly recommend. It's not that long of a read. It's like four or five chapters, and they're not even really chapters. It's probably like three pages
1: uh, of book per uh, per web page. And uh, if you are looking for that episode uh, with Tony, um, it would it's citadel dispatch your favorite podcast app episode 69. 69 is the one nice. I think we primarily talk about yeah nice and then seventy I had him back on as well I think we talked in both about it but sixty nine was the main um the main one yeah
0: channel jamming beware the um one interesting thing too like maybe if a, like it seems like the way Gleb and Antoine put it, if there is a robust fee market that develops, maybe it like prices the attack out uh, or it becomes too expensive to open those channels. Um, they say like what really makes this attack viable right now is the relatively low fee market that people could just open channels with one set per V-byte transaction. So I thought that was interesting too. Maybe this problem goes away if um, more on-chain activity happens.
1: That's interesting
0: yeah um, what else oh yeah that's it for the list you have anything there's
1: other there's other lightning concerns that happen in a sustained high fee environment though like what um, you know so so with lightning oh, this is a very way above my pay grade, but with lightning, you know a key aspect is um. You know, at, at the core of what Lightning is, it's, it's basically a protocol for batched on-chain Bitcoin transactions. Instead of one on-chain transaction being one transaction, um, you are able to open a channel, which is essentially a multi-sig with a counterparty, uh, two of two multi-sig. And you're able to close that channel. And in the, in the while it's open, before it gets closed, you can do thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of transactions, right? So it's a batched Bitcoin transaction protocol. Um, And a key part of that trust model is, if your counterparty is uh, being malicious, you're able to close and settle on chain. Um, And if it's not easy to get into the next block, or the next 10 blocks or the next 20 blocks, and there's a sustained high fee environment, then all of a sudden, there's these other variables at play in terms of being able to settle that transaction. And if you add that to the fact that your counterparty could be a miner themselves and can prioritize their own transaction, um, then you have these additional concerns that could prop up that we just haven't seen because lightning hasn't really existed in a sustained high fee environment. There's been some periods and I would say we didn't really have any kind of adversarial environment while those periods happened. Um, So I, I think it's, I think a lot of edge cases we will learn about if we do have a sustained high fee environment and it's adversarial in nature on the Lightning Network at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, it's funny you bring that up because you said miners, especially like hashers. Yeah, but like that's like a big ask that people are asking mining pools, especially at home miners, is enable Lightning. They do that, and then yeah, it's weird. Incentive variables thrown into the mix.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the key takeaways from this whole eth debacle or eth debacle, I don't even know how to pronounce it, um, is uh, complexity kills you, man. You want things to be as simple as possible. The more variables at play, you know, underpinning all of DeFi on a regulated US dollar custodian, like you add all these different complexities to things. And obviously, it becomes it becomes way more difficult to to predict and cover different scenarios that come out because there's just so many variables. So you want these systems, particularly the foundation layers, the particularly the thing that things are getting built on. You know I believe I think most of us believe that that Bitcoin is the foundation for for a global open financial system. Like you need that to be as simple and as robust as possible with as few edge cases as possible um complexity fucking destroys you and there is an element of complexity that gets added with lightning um i you know but once again it it doesn't it it affects lightning users it doesn't affect bitcoin users like on-chain bitcoin users yeah
0: it could i mean if every lightning channel's force like closed down it could affect on-chain users In the sense that the fee market would go up. But yeah, that's the extent of it, probably.
1: Um, Yeah, but like if that's the implications, like, okay, well, if Lightning didn't exist, they were going to be in the fee market anyway, sending on chain transactions. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: No, I mean, as somebody, we use Lightning, we're using it right now. If you're listening to this on a Podcasting 2.0 app, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, we're we're bullish on Lightning, but yeah, it does have these deficiencies. Um, Sorry, the Chicadas are out now. Um, but it. Uh,
1: what do you call them?
0: Cicadas? cicadas. You don't call them cicadas. 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 Uh, <laughs> cicadas. They're cicadas.
1: Do people call them cicadas? Like I sent you uh, said it no. really
0: nonchalantly. I was reading it in my mind.
1: Um, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. I was reading the word, not not thinking of what it actually.
1: I thought was. I was the crazy one for a second. I was like, never heard that before. I,
2: I think it was because Marty was doing a. a, a Like, it's Spanish, chichadas. I think that's what you're doing, Marty. Chichadas, you see. He can't Uh, help
1: himself. He just thinks in Spanish now. Yes.
0: Um, No, but I think, uh, more serious note, I I, I guess even as somebody's building on this and using lightning every day and really likes it, you do have to come to grips with the fact that it can fail at the end of the day. Um, And like Matt just described, it doesn't, I would suck, but it doesn't mean that Bitcoin has failed. It means that this uh, attempt to build the second layer has failed. And
1: I'm actually kind of bullish that I don't think it just would outright fail. like I think there would be funds would be lost, people would get hurt and it would get better. yeah like I, because it's not the underpinning of the whole fucking system, you're able to take those liberties, right? Yeah. Uh, you're not risking like the future of our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren over this, you, you have a balance. You have a balance. You have the underpinning and then you have that strong foundation and then you're able to experiment on top of it with reduced risk.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you have people like Leb, again, Antoine and Tony, actually working on fixing this on the go. So hopefully, who knows, maybe there will be solutions, whether it's the design space gets expanded to economically disincentivize the attack or something happens at the technical level where it becomes untenable um and uh yeah there's people thinking about this and that's a good thing at the end of the day so be aware again go I would highly recommend going to check out the uh the, the GitHub page uh, with all this research
1: Carr do you have can you turn your camera on I don't like talking to you through God mode do you <laughs> you want yeah, to talk about i want to i'm i first of all i look forward to kicking it with you boys okay. uh and ladies in austin next week uh but you want to talk about your your new deal at pleb lab like that's fucking cool that new that new oh, pleb yeah. lab uh headquarters you guys got
2: yeah we uh we just moved in uh about two weeks ago and there's speaking of bureaucracy there's so much bureaucracy when it comes to like all this like red tape around like insurance and stuff like that but uh yeah, you retweeted it yesterday, Matt. Uh you can see here it's still uh we're still looks kind of, awesome. Yeah, we're still kind of building everything out, but it's
1: uh Do you know how expensive uh, those chairs were?
2: I don't know, Kyle doing crazy. I was gonna wait till stuff. I landed
1: in Austin to ask, but that was gonna be my yeah, first question. But uh it's it's they look nice.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's I mean it's very complimentary what we have here at the Commons, so it it's just like uh it's a... it's yeah, it's right down the street. It's like five blocks away from the Commons. So oh, that's awesome. Back. Yeah, people can go how back. How far and is forth it from Uh I think it's like five blocks in the other direction. I think.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like seven blocks or eight blocks from Shiner's or something like that.
2: Yeah, but um,
1: my whole Austin geography is just based on where Shiner's is located. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At first, I thought you said. First, I thought you said how far is it from China, and I was yeah. like, wow all the way around yeah. the world. China. <laughs> yeah, cars like, uh, oh, you're just a humble five blocks from China.
2: Yeah, everything's <laughs> five blocks. When, once you get to the commons and pleb lab, everything's five blocks.
1: But anyway, congratulations to you all. Oh, That's fucking awesome. Thanks, yeah. And I know a it's a long of, time coming. Yeah, Shout out pleb labs. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful space. A lot of
0: natural light in there. A lot of natural light. Pierre, Pierre probably has some comments on the chairs though. Too, too many chair purchases. The last thing I want to talk about is what I wrote about in the bent yesterday, again, going with demonic overextending humiliation tactic clown world. I mean, the there's a farm in Lancaster, PA, in Amish country that the USDA in conjunction with, I believe the department of justice, it got thrown all the way up to the department of justice is attempting to shut down uh, and, Uh, They raided the farm last week. They're levying a $300,000 fine or $300,000 in cumulative fines on the farmer. His name is Amos Miller. Uh, This would put his farm out of business. And they're coming after him for simply uh, farming like humans have farmed for the first uh, seven millennia since we've had an agrarian society, just using the land uh, and natural animal byproducts to to grow crops and uh, sustain livestock. And then he had a co-op of private individuals in his community said, hey, we'd like to buy directly from you with no antibiotics, no GMOs, no USDA certification. And he met that market demand and is being a targeted by the state. This goes all the way back to 2016. He sells raw milk. Uh, and we shouldn't sequence-
1: call it raw milk, by the way. It should just be milk. Yeah, it's just unpasteurized milk. Uh, He sells real milk. Yes. And then there's pasteurized milk.
0: Yes. And uh, so in 2016, the CDC tried to say that Amos Miller has sold raw milk to a woman in Florida who wound up dying of listeria. So this where this all harassment stems back to. But if you actually look into the case, the woman who died was like 80 and had stage four cancer and likely died. From that. And it seems like an attack on this farmer just because he doesn't want to comply with the USDA or play within the the big corporation rules. And that was one thing I learned this week that I didn't realize looking into this case is that the USDA is levying this attack on Amos Miller and his farm in Lancaster, PA. And uh, USDA is not only funded by tax payer dollars there they also accept donations from corporations and two of the largest donators are cargill and monsanto uh who make the products that amos miller isn't using and they have a very high incentive to make sure that he's not successful and anybody uh, they make this case very public to deter anybody from trying to do the type of farming that MS Miller is doing because uh, if this was to catch on and more and more people were to do this, uh, it would significantly cut into the profit margins and revenues of Cargill and Monsanto who try to thrust all their GMO and antibiotic and fertilizer products on the people. So uh, I wanted to highlight this. I think it's a massive encroachment by the state and by the USDA specifically on a small farmer. Somebody who grew up in Philadelphia went to Reading Terminal quite frequently where the Amish had a, a section of the terminal where they sold their products, uh, some of the highest quality food I've ever had in my life. And to think that we've gotten to a point in society where uh, we can stop people from farming like humans did for thousands of years is completely insane to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, if you think there's a lot of bureaucracy and, and corruption in setting up a dunk tank or moving into your new office, uh, small, sustainable, regenerative farmers and ranchers um, have to deal with much more corruption than that and much more ridiculousness than that. And that this is why this is why the work we're doing with the beef initiative is so important. Um, this is why ranchers and farmers don't need to be explained the need for tools that empower themselves as individuals and and, and give them the ability to take back personal responsibility and handle their own shit is because for generations they've just been fucking destroyed by, by policies uh, pushed onto them from the top. And, um, and this is just another reminder of that. But if, if you are interested in what's going on with the beef initiative, uh, slim um, and white Oak pastures, Will Harris of white Oak pastures is doing another beef initiative summit September 16th through 18th in Georgia. Uh, I, I think anyone who goes will absolutely love it. There's only going to be 100 tickets. Um, they will sell out quickly, so if you are interested, go to beefinitiative.com. And uh, Marty, did you see the did you see the video we made with me and Eco? Oh yeah, very or, I don't want to say dramatic. Uh, very high. Ball right. A lot of good background music and cutting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did a great job with that. But it's 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 it is it is one of the I spend time doing a lot of different things. Uh, it is one of the most important things that I spend my time on. And, and I plan personally to focus on this more. Um, I know Marty does as well. Um, this, is, this is important, guys. This is, this is you know, our, our families are counting on us on, on this front. And I know it's not necessarily directly related to Bitcoin, but uh, it's definitely related to the personal responsibility and sovereignty movement. Um, we all need food to live and we all need good food. We don't want broken food. Yeah. And
0: completely echo everything with the beef initiative. It's one of the most important initiatives out there right now. And I'm very happy to have the small part in it that I have had. Um, Slim is leading the charge and bringing humanity towards a, a future that I want to live in. And I, again, I get much joy that I'm able to contribute the small amount that I am, but it's insane. Like, the, the, what they want this dude to do is to send his beef uh, and his milk, the milk produced by some of the cows that he has on his farm, to a very desanitized or uh, like factory farm where they shove all these animals in, their shit gets all mixed up, and uh, they put a bunch of chemicals in the food. It's just, again, completely, it's like we're living through just one large. Humiliation, hazing, rit- uh, ritual—like in every asset or aspect of our lives—from our food to taxes to uh, uh, like the food pyramid to civil liberties at the airport—like it's all humiliation. Like the demons have taken over, and they're here to humiliate you. No, you can't eat food the way it was produced for the first thousand years. We're gonna—we're gonna tell you, you need to put antibiotics in it, all this crap in it. Uh, that actually makes it less nutrient dense, so that you, um, to save you, the nanny state is here, and they're not taking care of you. They're they're humiliating you, and they're laughing behind the scenes. It's like that that lizard laughing me. And then we told them that they couldn't drink actual milk. They had to uh, they had to pasteurize it. It's insane. And yeah, the that's the other thing, like this whole listeria thing. They're like clinging to this. Oh, somebody caught listeria, like. Let's walk through the scenario where that did happen. Let's say one person did die of listeria. Terrible. Never want to see it. However, you you have a situation in which Amos Miller, the way I understand he had 4,000 individuals who were taking part in this private co-op where he was selling directly to them. So you have one out of 4,000 that we know of have died from a – one-off list uh, one-off instance of listeria i mean the risk the, the risk there is, is still significantly low and then even more importantly we should have autonomy over our decisions i want to go to a farm and i'm willing to take the risk to basically say all right i trust that this guy has raised these animals correctly and is managing uh the way in which he extracts the milk and uh provides it to me like that's a risk on me i don't need the state to step in and basically hold my hand and say no you can't drink this you can't eat that like i'm an individual with civil rights and autonomy you should be able to drink out of any teat that i want to if i am so willing i should not have the government coming in and saying i can't do that i mean obviously i can't be walking around just like sucking on boobies all day that would be sexual harassment but you, you get what i'm saying
1: Okay, so I want to cut from the beginning of Marty saying he can suck on any tit uh <laughs> to he doesn't want sexual harassment charge. If you give me that nice little concise clip, hundred thousand sats for a huddle knot. Yes. Um yeah, and according
0: to them, they're saying like fruit uh fruity pebbles are more healthy for you than bacon. It's just again, humiliation hazing routine. I thought I wasn't going to drink tonight, but after this discussion, I need a beer.
1: <laughs> Just remember the fun times we had talking about ETH in the beginning of the episode. It was a lot of fun. I and mean, this is fun. I mean, it's not necessarily fun, but hopefully it's a reminder of what's important, right? Yeah.
0: Like actually Dan McCardle. shout out to Dan McArdle. He had a really good uh, quote tweet of my, uh, Nanny State, I'll pull it up here. Give it to you, Carr. But he said, if the government cares about protecting people and respecting people's liberty, you'd be able to opt out of the, quote-unquote, protection from various agencies, USDA, FDA, SEC, whatever. But I suspect the fear, they fear the entire population opting out would rather have control for your own good. Yeah, like, if they really care about protecting individuals and their liberty, you'd be able to opt out of the protection they're trying to thrust on you like I want to opt out I'm opting out I want to opt out of the SEC I want to opt out of the USDA I want to opt out of the CDC the FDA I actually think they're actively trying to harm all of us like please let me get away from these people I don't, want to, I don't want to interact with them at all I think they're actually trying to actively harm us can I opt out of that why can I opt out am I free am I free to opt out no so I'm not free you're not free freak Psst. freaks freaks all right, should we get to the Boostergrams before I have an answer? Yeah, yeah, let's hit
1: the Boostergrams.
0: All right. Um, I, I've been doing some back-of-the-napkin math here. We are going to integrate the non-Fountain boost into this as well. Um, there is one that's not Fountain-related. Uh, nice. We'll be getting included. So this is... The top four booster grams from last week, rep two twelve. Thank you for the boost, freaks. We really appreciate it. At Pod Resistor, fifty-five thousand one hundred sats. God bless you both. Blessings to both you of you and your families. Thank you, Pod Resistor. Appreciate you. you. And- um second highest boost of episode two twelve from at BTC NIM. He was the one that said every boost from here on out will be above 50,000. He boosted us 50,069 sats. Nice. Nice. I'm just here to boost 50K because I'm that guy trying <laughs> to self-fulfill my prediction. Stay humble, stack sats. Set
1: the as- floor, freaks. Set the floor. Support
0: your local podcaster. Um, at Eric9, sent us fifty thousand in one sats. Uh, stay humble, stack sats. Those three were from Fountain, and then I have to go back to my wallet, and I received, so I received personally. Um,
1: how many sets did I receive? Where is it? The suspense is killing me.
0: Give me a second. Where is it? Here it is. It's there, Marty. From uh, Tomato Deer, I personally received... 20,952 sats. So
1: that's probably over 50. So yeah, you
0: received the same. Because what's split? I think we're 40, 40, and
1: then it's like. We're like 40 each, and then the rest of the team gets pieces yeah. and open sets. So that's probably yeah. like 55 or something like that. Yeah, something around there. So we did it. We did it. We're all, all four are over 50K. Yes.
0: So at tomato deer, or not just tomato deer from Breeze, uh, and the
1: message was simply B for B, value for value. Thank you, tomato dear. Nice. Um, appreciate yeah. you, Freak, supporting us through Podcasting 2.0. It's really, really fucking cool seeing the sats stream into to my node. And I really do appreciate Tony not jamming my node, so I'm able to receive those sats. Tony stop, Tony, stop jamming nodes, okay? <laughs> Keep jamming nodes, Tony. I want chaos. <laughs> Out of chaos comes the light. Yes, a lot of chaos this week. Ethereum, not so much
0: Bitcoin. Maybe if a lot of people are are jamming, jamming nodes, but um, chaos in the federal government. World. Like, I guess that maybe we should have just named this episode. Uh, you're living through a large
1: humiliation uh, procedure. I mean, we could have named it the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. The Reflation Reduction Episode.
0: The Inflation Reduction Act here to raise your energy prices, make you less energy secure, harass you with IRS agents, and to do absolutely jack shit to reduce actual inflation.
1: It's going to go the opposite way. I know you've got to go. I appreciate you, Marty. I appreciate you, Car. I appreciate you, Freaks. I hope to see a bunch of you in Austin next week for Bitblock Boom. Don't forget to consider donating to Hotelnot at defendingbtc.com and joining us for a twelve-hour telethon that's going to have a bunch of craziness involved and fun and loving and support from Bitcoiners that are all going. It's going to be streamed out of Austin, so we're going to have Bitcoiners from around the world basically there in person joining us for it. Uh, I love you all. Thank you for the support. Stay humble, Stack Sets. Peace and love, freaks. I gotta go mow a lawn. <laughs>